Welcome to the Real-Time Storytime by Robert R. Ricks. We will get this thing started pretty soon. What I need for you guys right now is just to hold tight. We need to allow people to show up because this show is nothing without the viewers. You see, I require keywords or phrases that you will give me and I will craft a story based off these keywords. I have about two and a half minutes to create the story and then after I create the story, I have to see if I got all of the keywords in, at least 10 of them. We try to have at least 10 to 14 keywords, and I attempt to get all of them in, but if I can get at least 10, it's a good day. Now, I know you guys are going to have some really crazy ones. Now, I do need to warn any new viewers. The existing crew that comes here on a regular basis are filthy, nasty motherfuckers with foul language. The language is going to be a problem, you might want to check out now, because these stories, 9 times out of 10, are extremely vulgar, sometimes violent, oftentimes very weird, and sometimes funny. Alright, we'll get this thing started pretty soon. What's up, Sitches? It's your boy, Angry Jackalope, Robert R. Ricks. This is the real-time story time. It is Sunday, September 8th, 2019. All right, so we're going to get this real-time story time popping here. We've got some folks in right now. Uh, we have a suggestion to, uh, we're going to do something sports champion contender loose theme. So it's going to be something sporty. Uh, I have yet to figure out exactly what it is, but that's going to be today's constraint. We're going to try to do something regarding 
sports with some kind of a champion maybe or contender or something we'll figure that out uh so the way that this works for new viewers especially if you're coming in on a podcast is uh we're going to get a bunch of keywords and stuff like that and i have a couple of minutes uh to come up come up with a story and try to use those keywords so let's go ahead and say what's up to the usual suspects who are in here who will be contributing and giving us these wonderful phrases and keywords. We've got Paula, Lucky Lope. What's up, Paula? We got the Backwoods Hickelope. We got Brian McCann. We've got Garen Thanalope. They got the Yakalope. And let's see, is there anybody else in here just yet? And Brian Williams Sr. What's crack-a-lackin' everybody? Paula asks, how's it going? Rob, yeah, it's going. It's going. Life is life, but, you know, nobody gets out alive. You just got to keep your head up, keep a smile on your face, like the Joker, and keep it pushing, keep it moving forward. So, uh, for you folks coming in on the podcast, there's a keyword uh, open thing that will pop up that the folks on a live YouTube stream sees. Uh, there will also be an audio tone. That's when they're going to start contributing keywords. Uh, I'll have some music playing at that time so it's not a bunch of dead air. Uh, you'll hear me kind of uh, reading through and talking about it and thinking about it and stuff like that. Then once we have all the keywords and everything else in there, I have two, two and a half minutes to construct the story and then I will rock and roll it. Now, when those keywords are being used, uh, the folks that are on the live stream will be able to see a visual cue that I've used those keywords. Uh, you guys on the uh, podcast, you're not going to have that, so you're just going to have to remember the keywords when they come in. Let's get this party started. Let's go ahead and toggle this on, and please submit your words now. Okay, so they're going to go ahead and start sending in some words, and then you'll have some really creepy background music while we do this yeah it's good that dorian uh didn't wreck a bunch of you folks over there go ahead and start throwing me those keywords guys let's get this shit started and as i get my keywords i write them inside of this i keep a, a book uh, to track all of this stuff. So the first one coming in is from Yak. It is Underdog. And then we've got Brian. The Sport of Rollerball. Okay. Alright. And then we've got uh, Chocolate Covered Salty Balls by Mr. Backwoods. Chocolate covered salty balls. Um, get her, get her done. Uh, gator dung. Gator dung. Okay. Gator. Gator. Let's see. Competing like Connie Conehead eating a foot long sub sandwich. 
Okay. Computing like Connie. Connie Conehead. Eating a foot long sub. Uh, let's see, is she in here right now? I don't know if she jumped down or not. She's in the other room. I can scream out to her. Uh, I need about uh, one, two, three, four more. Uh, killer weed. Okay, killer weed. Killer weed. Let's see. Hang on, I'm going to mute while I scream out to her because I don't want to scream into the microphone. One second. All right, Yuki the Great Pyrenees is what my wife said. So, Yuki the Great Pyrenees. Yuki the Great Pyrenees, Nathan's Hot Dog, and Relics. Okay, Relics. Nathan's, Nathan's Hot Dog. Those are delicious. Nathan's Hot Dogs are delicious. See, did I miss anything? All right, Nathan's Hot Dog Killer Weed Relics. Yuki the Great Pyrenees, uh, competing like Connie Conehead eating a foot-long sub, Gator Dung, Gitter Dung, chocolate-covered salty balls, the sport of rollerball, rollerball, right? That's what we said back there. It was rollerball, right? Just make sure here. Uh, roller, 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 roller ball. Yes, it is. And underdog. Okay. Uh, was this last one here? Lee Greenwood. God bless the USA. Oh, Colt. You know what? I think after Colt, I think we're good. Because that, that gives me 11. Yeah. We'll save Lee Greenwald. Uh, God, well, let's, let's throw in God Bless America. Fuck it. Let's put God Bless America. I think uh, I think that'll be, be, be good right there. All right. So, keywords we got is underdog, the sport of rollerball, chocolate-covered salty balls, getter done, gator dung, Competing like Connie Conehead eating a footlong sub, Killer Weed, Yuki the Great Pyrenees, Relics, Nathan Hot Dog. Is it Nathan or Nathan's? Nathan's Hot Dog. That's right. Nathan's Hot Dog. Uh, Colt and God Bless America. Uh, death happens in this sport. Well, okay. We can we can make sure we have something like something make it make it a little more interesting I think and so the uh, constraints on this one we're going to do uh, champion let's see what did we say here we said champion sports okay so we got uh, sports and then champion champion contender contender okay all right so now what's gonna happen is um, I have to uh, figure out a story for this with these keywords um, and I have to <laughs> about two two and a half minutes let's see uh, the music for this one let's do the uh, hmm. let's go with uh, let's see what this one sounds like I don't know what this one is let's see alright man fuck this works okay alright so let me figure this out here 
rollerball, huh? Ah, I think I have an idea here. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I think we are just about ready. Okay, so uh, Lyra, what's uppers? Good to see you. Uh, let's see, where do I find these kick-ass tunes? I uh, I have a subscription to this one thing that I can get uh, a bunch of audio and some other stuff, and I found this one guy who is just amazing. I should probably put his credit inside of the um, the thing there. Um, and he had just a whole bunch of music. And um, you say, and then one more time, I'm going to kick your ass. And then, and then. Um, so I have some words. I have a loose, 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 loose outline right down there on the bottom. That's what I'm going to rock and roll with for today's episode. And just as a reminder, for you folks that are watching this, when I use a keyword, you'll see that guy flash right there. I'll push the button if I can remember it. Uh, keywords for this one is underdog, the sport of rollerball, chocolate-covered salty balls, uh, get her done, gator dung, uh, competing like Connie Conehead, eating a foot-long sub, killer weed, Yuki the Great Pyrenees, relics, Nathan's Hot Dog, Colt, and God Bless America. Okay, so that is going to be what we're working with. 
this headset over here so I have my head clear everything looks good we have a good live stream it looks like uh, nothing being dropped okay alright so the constraint for today is it has to be sport and it has to be something with champion contender and with these sets of keywords I don't really think that's gonna be difficult I, I, I don't think we're gonna have a problem with that so let me take a sip of my coffee okay yeah Garen I can't do that that'd get me into some copyright problems the, the music that I can use are okay but somebody like a, a real band band I'd have to get permission all right so here we go so Jasmine Jasmine we have another question for you I looked at them and waited patiently it was part of the game I had to actually do these interviews it was more of a pain in the ass than the actual game itself me and my partner had to endure it but with this much stakes on the line people wanted to know certain things and so we played along and plastered smiles on our faces and we knew we only had to deal with it for a few more minutes and so I just smiled nodded and looked at the reporter sure what's your question with Canada on the line do you really think you and the edge are going to be able to pull it out um I don't think I pretty much know what do you think edge just nodded he never really spoke he would do hand gestures he would write notes and he would nod and shake his head there was something about him I wasn't sure if he could speak or not or if it was just some kind of a gimmick but for him it worked really well and as my second he really didn't need to speak I barked out the orders I gave the hand gestures he just took out legs and other things and watched my back that was his job the game oops, hang on. <clears throat> the game was a sport of rollerball it sounds innocuous enough rollerball but the reality is there was nothing fun about it this was serious business in fact since the the since the change in the governments and the rules that everybody had agreed to we all came together and used the sport of rollerball as a way to end conflict the way they used to be hang on one second Apologies. Otherwise, you guys can hear an echo. They're like watching it out front or something. Sorry. So, today's contest was for the country of Canada. Canada had fallen to really hard times. And so, a lot of the other countries bidded together to say they would step in and help Canada, but only the victor of rollerball would be able to decide which country would actually inherit Canada we were with the United States of America and our job was not only to win but to survive you see on this particular day this level of the championships this was to the death this was not for maiming this was not for just scoring this was elimination yeah I know elimination somebody was gonna die now both members of the team didn't have to die 
but if you didn't have two, you were done. So it was up to me and Edge to make sure we survived and we took out at least one of the opposing team. I waited again. A man this time stepped up and asked a question. He looked at me and said, Well, with your recent injuries, do you really think you're going to be able to maintain the speed and put the pressure on Russia like you've had in the past? I nodded. I looked at my leg. It was now mostly robotic, mostly rebuilt. It was a little bit difficult, but it was something that I was used to. In this level of the game, you would lose limbs, you'd lose different parts of your body, but the tech was always there, and it was allowed to be replaced. Now, you couldn't take off limbs on your own to augment yourself. The only way you can get augmented is if you're wounded in the course of a game. That was a little on a tricky side, because sometimes the coaches would encourage us to be a little bit sloppy and take certain types of injuries. At this point, probably about 35% of my body was augmented. Edge, well, he was kind of a new guy. He was a rookie. That put us kind of in an underdog position, just because without a seasoned second at my back, it could be bad. But the last three games, he had done very well, and surprisingly well, that I had forgotten he only had five games under his belt. Again, I waited for another question. This time from a short, pudgy man. He cleared his throat. Uh, I have a question. Uh, with the uh, ban lifted on augmentation uh, supplements, do you think uh, it's okay now with the purity of the sport to use enhancement drugs. I looked at him. I shook my head and kind of chuckled. Looks to me like somebody's already on some killer weed. Uh, no, we don't use anything like that. In fact, most of our training is pretty pure. Uh, we spend a lot of time chasing down supplements, pretty much water, and a few other things, but nothing in regards to what you're talking about. Next question. That went on for another 10 minutes and finally our management came in and cleared everybody out. I was happy to be done with that. Putting the fake smile on and doing the song and dance was a real pain in the ass. But if you didn't do it, they left up for speculation and then the betting would go really, really crazy. I looked at Edge. He nodded at me and waved. He walked forward. There was a cage waiting for him. He opened it up and a large white dog jumped out, pushed him, he fell back, and he smiled, he waved, the dog came, he did hand gestures, the dog obeyed. It was pretty amazing. It was almost reminiscent of the stuff that I would do with him, because a lot of times as we were going around the track, trying to score, trying not to die and everything else, we'd be using hand gestures. Sometimes I'd bark out orders, but there was a lot of times where the opposing team would use certain audibles and use those in a way to cheat. There's no way to say it other than to be blunt. The fuckers cheated, and they cheated all the time. There was one time we were doing a comp, 
and they straight jammed the headsets so I couldn't bark out orders the way I needed to. That's why we always had redundancy with hand gestures, body movements, even head, ta even head jukes. We could do a certain movement with the head. He knew exactly what I was talking about. I looked back at him and the big, large, white dog. They were wrestling. I smiled. It was a good dog, Yuki, the Great Pyrenees. She even had her own YouTube channel, if you could believe that. She was trending better than we were in certain circles, especially inside of South Korea. So we went, I passed him, looked back at him, I gave him the hand gesture of make sure you clean up, get ready, tonight's it on, it's on. He nodded and him and a dog made a right and were gone from my sight. I got to my limo that was waiting for me, got in, saw there was a bunch of products from different vendors, different sponsors, different contracts, negotiations waiting for me to review and consider. Some of those were pretty interesting and I shook my head contemplating why the hell would these companies think of us to sponsor them. One was Nathan's Hot Dog, which in the old days I didn't mind eating a hot dog just like anybody else, but competing at the level we were, most of what we ate or consumed wouldn't even really be called food. It was processed stuff for us to take and they were really just to help feed our muscles, our bodies, etc., to help us perform at a level most human beings would never even come close to. Gone were the days of eating as much calories as possible just to bulk up and, and things of that nature. We were the world's best athletes. Fuck football, fuck MMA, fuck all of that shit. We were the real deal. We put our lives on the line especially when it came to contests like what we were about to do. I drove in silence and listened to some music that was playing in the background, and then the vidcom lit up in front of me. My boyfriend, all 635 pounds of him, was standing in front of me on the vid screen, naked. I looked at him and shook my head. What the fuck are you doing? He smiled. Now you might think, because I said he was 600 plus pounds, that he was this gelatinous, big mass of a man, you'd be severely mistaken. He was the world contender for the new gen of boxing. All of his body, for the most part, except, from, except for his brain and his left eye, had been augmented and changed. He had a skeletal structure that was made out of titanium and other heavy metals that replaced all of his bones it was necessary boxing had changed immensely they would be standing in the center of the ring they'd have five seconds to go at it and they would unload with everything they got after the five seconds then they could back off and fight like normal that was the state of things now all the sports had taken a darker turn especially when countries had decided to take sporting events to wage war against each other as opposed to sending armies and nukes and things of that nature. He smiled at me. Hey, baby, when you coming home? You want to unwind a little before tonight? I shook my head. Nah, fucking around with you is going to leave me too tired for, you know. He smiled. Oh, come on, baby. You know you want some of these chocolate-covered salty balls. I smiled at him. Yeah, you wish. No, seriously, I am a little worried. I would like some time with you just in case. 
I glared at him. Just in case of what, fucker? Babe, you know, there's a lot of heavy hitters tonight. I shook my head. Are you fucking serious? I'm just saying, the competition is going to be something fierce. Plus, there's word that the cult's going to be there. Yeah, but... No buts. That cult is no funny business. They do sacrifices. They delve in some scary shit. And rumor has it, Russia is the one's favorite for tonight. I thought I asked you never, ever to tell me who's favored. Yeah, I just got a bad feeling in my stomach. I'm worried about you. Thought about it. Well, I always could, you know, pull it out, possibly wear it. His eyes widened. Would you do that? If you're scared, it's kind of dumb of me not to, right? So you would actually put it on. Last time worked. Yeah, but you weren't quite right after. Look, shithead, you're the one that's freaking me out. You want me to do it? Or you don't want me to do it. He considered it. <sighs> you know what, babe? Yeah. Come on home. Let's get her done. I nodded. I instructed the driver I was heading home. Changed my plans for the, the day. He nodded. He complied. But I noted he logged it in. So I knew corporate would know. I was deviating from the normal plans. Which, fuck them. My life was on the line. If I wanted to go home, spend some time with my boyfriend, fuck it, it was my right. I got home, door opened up, I went into my house. Wasn't what you would think for a celebrity of my standard, but I liked it. It was roughly about 1,600 square feet, and everything was optimized. I mean everything. From the kitchen, to the bedroom, to the workout center, everything had its place. I walked in and he looked at me. He was tall, close to seven feet. I went up and I hugged him. It was weird. When you hug somebody who's augmented, the things that you normally feel on normal people, you notice immediately. His skin had a really rough leather texture to it. And there was a sense of electricity that flowed through his body. As I squeezed, it didn't really give. And I'm not. A lightweight. I'm actually pretty strong. He smiled at me. I'll put it over there on the counter for you. You touched it? No. I used the tongs. The special ones. I nodded. Okay. This is going to suck, isn't it? I don't know. You tell me. You used it. I've never used it. I scratched my head. Shrugged. Sighed. <sighs> Fuck it. I walked over to it, unwrapped it from the black cloth. Inside was something that looked like a necklace, but was made of bone. And I knew it was made from human bones. In the realm of relics, what I had here was not necessarily disqualifiable inside of the system, but it was something that was frowned upon by a lot of the religious groups. This was evil shit. This was dark shit. I knew there'd be a price to pay for this. But I knew also I didn't want to die. I put the necklace on 
I felt the chill of the bone as it flowed, the energy from it flowed over me. Ooh, suddenly so cold in here. He nodded. I noted he was standing roughly five feet away from me, almost as if he was afraid whatever was coming from the relic would affect him. I shook my head. Don't worry, big guy. This ain't gonna do nothing to you. It's on me. He nodded. Yeah, I just worry about when you come home. Last time, well, I didn't walk straight for about a week. I smiled, slapped him on the ass. Well, you know, it is what it is. So what are you going to do? Are you actually going to watch the event tonight? He thought about it. You know what? Nah, I want to be surprised. I'll wait for you to come home and tell me about it. I nodded. Deal. I leaned up. He leaned down. I tippy-toed up. I kissed him. It was passionate. It meant something. I didn't want to let go. I was a little bit scared. He tapped me. That was his symbol. That was his sign. Okay. He went in the other room. And I swear, as he walked away, I saw his eyes watering up. I didn't say anything, though. It was in my place. I knew he was scared. Who wouldn't be? This shit was bloody. This shit was not fun. I went and reviewed some of the tape, some of the opposing teams, and I looked at their stuff. I'm not going to bore you with names, because when I looked at my opponents, it was better for me not to have names for them. So I had nicknames. Comrade Shithead. Comrade Shithead 2. Now, if there was one that was dangerous, well then, I would elevate the names to something like Dangerous Comrade, Deadly Comrade, Comrade Big Dick, whatever. Anything to dehumanize them to make the job easier. Because once we got on a track, we became something less than human. And the, and the goal was 15 laps around, one or two scores, or eradicate your team or your opposing teams I decided we were going to take the last one we were going to play as dirty as we were allowed to and we were going to fuck up as many of these people as possible I knew China was going to try to sprint out get some scores and win that way so China was going to be first we were going to take China hard Russia eh. Russia was Russia always competitive always difficult China was difficult to a point but somewhat predictable and then there was Europe all of Europe was kind of combined they had done expansion unlike anything we had ever seen before they had most of the world so they were something to look after but the team dynamics always shifted and sometimes you'd have new faces and that made things a little bit more difficult because the unknown was always a scary thing the rest of the teams eh, academics we weren't too concerned about them and a lot of times the smaller teams would just sit back let the big teams go at it and then try to swoop in for an upset 
I already knew Edge had a plan for some of those. So, after I was done, I ate my supplements, I ate my mush, I drank my stuff that tasted like gator dung, and then I took a quick little nap. After a few minutes, I heard a, I heard a bell. I knew it was time to get ready. It was always nerve-wracking. The butterflies in my stomach were up to 3,000. I felt like throwing up, but I knew that wasn't going to happen. This was something that was very, very scary. Competitions on their own were scary. I mean, shit. Competing like Connie Conehead eating a foot-long sub was a dream come true. That was like a fucking vacation. Food competitions. That was hilarious. Those things were always fun to watch, but what I was about to do, it took a certain type of person to really savor, to really enjoy, to really get the most, and understand the sacrifices that we were making. I went, geared up. We were allowed, at least my position, was allowed lightweight armor and one weapon in addition to a special glove that almost looked like a baseball mitt, but it went up all the way to my shoulder, extended down to my hands, and I could flex it open, flex it closed, and it almost looked thin like wings. This was called the scoop. The scoop is the only thing that was allowed to come in contact with the ball. Now the ball was a variable thing. Sometimes it was big, sometimes it was small, sometimes it was almost hollowed out, creating a, a kind of a wind drag, and it was always random. So you'd have to be flexible. Now, somebody was to take out your swoop, get the ball, then you'd have to handle it with your bare hands. You could do that, but it was very difficult. So you had to rely on your second to watch and make sure nothing happened to your gear. Edge was really good. He got his name because his chosen weapon was a sword and not just any sword. It was a blade that vibrated at a very high rate of speed. And when it would hit, it could cut steel. I know, because I saw him take a couple of legs from Russia a couple of games back. Those games were preliminaries. We were allowed to do sufficient damage, but we had to make sure we didn't do kill shots. And they would know. They would know if we intended on actually killing or if we were going just for maiming. We had special headsets that would watch and register what we were thinking. So that's how they kept everybody in up and up. Today's game, no headsets. Everything was allowed. So I geared up. We got ready. I got chauffeured to the arena. I went in, warmed up ran some laps, put on my boots, and these boots were 
quasi-magnetic, quasi... Um, there were no blades on them, there were no wheels on them, there were tracks outside. And once you locked into the track, it would start to speed you up if you positioned your body in such a way. If you leaned forward, you went faster. You leaned back, you slowed down. And there were four sets of tracks. You could jump from one track to another track. Sometimes you can go singles, doubles, triples. Now, this is where things got cute. If while people were trying to kill you or take a leg or take an arm or something else, you decided to do some sort of a trick as you hopped from track to track, those were score multipliers. Those were things that you did with style. So if you killed with style, the crowd would go bananas. They would lose their shit. I had thought about it. I had a couple of tricks that I had been working on. Edge also. And we had worked out a couple of hand gestures. We had one trick which was super difficult. It was basically me jumping, him assisting, him launching me higher into the air, me doing a couple of flips, and then me landing. Now, if we could get this right near one of the hoops and I could pull off the maneuver mid-flight in the air, land the shot, come down and maybe take a head or two, well, that would be epic. We would be much more than national stars. We would be legendary. There was a couple of games we had seen in the past that had done moves like that, but nothing with an assist like what I was thinking. Edge didn't seem to mind. He nodded when I proposed it to him. So we got ready. I looked at Edge. He was smooth. He was cold as ice. I asked him, hand check. He extended both hands forward presenting them to me. There was no tremor, no trembles. He was ready. I looked him in the eyes. He had scars all over his face. He had scars along his neck. He put his mask on and, he, and then he nodded at me. His eyes crinkled up. I knew he was grinning. He'd love this shit. Like I said, it took a certain type of people to view this and enjoy it. It took a whole nother group of motherfuckers to be able to compete and actually be able to enjoy it. He was one of them. Alright, partner. Let's do this shit. No audibles. I'm just going to do hands and body. You cool with that? He nodded. This was important. I wouldn't be able to see behind me. And sometimes glancing backwards was precarious at best. I had seen tape where somebody had looked back didn't realize one of the opponents had some kind of a electro chain. They lost their neck. So, eyes forward, eyes on the prize. Make sure whatever you're going after your laser, and you just assume that your partner has your back. Because if he goes down, or she goes down, you'll know. You'll know pretty quick. Because your boots will stop working, and then you have basically two or three seconds to get the fuck off the track before you get ran over. So that's what we were doing. So we got out on the field. We locked in place. Everything powered up. I saw my wrists, my forearms, the swoop. The swoop extended, retracted, extended, retracted. It looked like a bird flexing its wings. I looked at my opponents. Everybody had their country colors plain to see. Russia was a little bit surprising when you looked at them. They were the smallest team. 
smallest athletes. That was a little bit anti-stereotypical. Russia, historically, were always monstrous. And for a while, they got bigger and bigger and bigger to the point they started to look like boxers. But now, the team that they had, that they've been running with successfully for the last year, were tiny. They almost looked childlike. I shook my head. Fuck them. Comrade Mini, Comrade Mini 2. Got you. Then I looked at China. China, just slightly larger than Russia, except for China's secondary. China's secondary was a big guy. I mean, really big. He was really tall and lanky, and his arms, I realized as I stared at him, they had been augmented to be longer. He looked oafish, kind of like an ape. His knuckles could have dragged on the ground if he wanted it to. I looked at Edge. He nodded. He knew exactly what I wanted him to do. We wanted to take those arms out of the game. They were, they were along for a reason. That would give them a distinct advantage to reach beyond Edge to get to me. If they came up on our backside. We weren't going to allow that to happen. The rest of the teams, eh, we weren't too thrilled. We weren't too excited. They didn't look very threatening. Except for Fiji. Fiji's team, there's something odd. The way that they looked, the way that they moved, seemed really slow. They seemed really super mellow. I looked at Edge. He looked at them. He shook his head. Gave me the eyes not to be concerned with. Then we looked at Europe. Holy shit. Two women. Both really large. Grossly large. For a second I thought they were men. But then I noticed, no, they were fucking women. I looked at Edge. His eyes widened. He recognized one of them. He made a hand gesture. Threat. Shit. He made another hand gesture. Change of plan. China too. Okay. I nodded. We got in position. We were in the front. Track one. Russia's front. Track two. China front. Track three. And then Europe. Track four front. The rest of them, including Fiji, took secondary third and uh, fourth positions behind us. We waited. Now, I need to describe the track to you. It's not just a big circle. The track itself changes. Sometimes a track abruptly will end. You'll get a little notification up front of you through our neural implants inside of our eyes. We'll get an alert that lets us know track is ending. A lot of times they like to make it fucking fun and they only give us basically half a second to respond to that. Then they also like to do some other things like laser grids. Those are always fun, but they're always high. They're never low. Laser grids are down uh, above us and basically we have to do kind of like a rolling limbo. How low can you go? If you don't, you can get cut in half. I've seen that a couple of times. So basically, not only do you have to walk, watch out for your opponents, you have to watch out for the track. Now the track is controlled by an artificial intelligence. There is no group that controls the track. Everything is randomized. That's to keep things fair. No country has access to this AI. This AI is completely independent. 
It does not have any favorites. It doesn't know anything about countries. It doesn't know anything about contestants. It just is an artificial intelligence on a track that runs through a set of scenarios that it decides right when the ball goes live. So there we were. We were ready. We waited. There was an explosion in the air above us. We saw fireworks. The crowd erupted to the point we could feel them. The roaring, the stomping. We could feel it through all of our gear from the ground. Even though we hovered above it, we could feel vibrations filling us. The anticipation grew. Finally, the lights in front of us started. We saw red, we saw yellow, we saw green, and then we all launched forward. I leaned as low as I could go so I could shoot forward fast. And then I watched. Somehow, Europe was faster. Shit. I wasn't upset though because I knew this would present me a good opportunity to get them. China came up quick. I saw the arms lengthen. Oh, here we go. I looked back at Edge. He nodded. He leaped to the side. I did the same. As we jumped, we landed in front of China. I pulled back as far as I could. Edge did the same thing. He swung his sword. It was a reverse limbo type move. There were no obstacles in front of us, and China was surprised that suddenly we would jump into their, into their lane, lean back hard, and then he waited. The arm shot forward. He knew it. He knew that arms were going to come forward and try to take us from the back. Dropping low the way he did, he brought a sword up. The arms came off. The man screamed out in pain. We thought he'd be done. We've leaned forward, shot back, chasing after Europe. Russia seemed to slow and just watch what was happening. Now at this time, a ball fell from the ceiling to the center of the court. Different people were starting to maneuver to try to get to it to score. We had already agreed earlier we weren't playing that game. We were playing the elimination game. I glanced back, put a hand motion for Edge to cover my front. I had to make sure Long Arms was out of it. He wasn't. China was still in the game. Somehow, he was still going forward with just his elbows. Hmm. I wondered, why wasn't they disqualified? Usually an opponent with no hands was no good. I decided to pin it, think about it later. They fell back in the crowd and battled with the other teams. We sped forward, caught up on Europe. The women, Jesus Christ, they were huge. One of them had a mallet. I kid you not. It looked like one of those funny things you'd see inside of a sideshow where you would ring the bell. You'd hit the pellet, you'd hit the, the, the thing, and the thing would slide up and ring the bell. She swung it, and I thought, holy shit, she's fast. I leaned forward, shot underneath it. Edge, for the briefest of moments, I thought, uh-oh he might get caught. Nope. He brought that sword forward and it split that mallet right in half. I wondered what the mallet was made of. It wasn't wood. It definitely wasn't wood. And the ringing that it made as they collided, well, I think I lost a few decibels off of that. He came up. I felt him tap 
he tapped me. He touched me. I wasn't sure why. All of a sudden, I felt him pull me and toss me back behind him. This was a very unorthodox move. And as I was in the air, I decided, fuck it, style points. And I flipped, spun, and I looked back. Ah, oh, that's why he had done it. Russia was hot on our tail. Now we had done what was called a reversal. He was in a primer position. I was playing secondary. I didn't have very good arms for weapons. I had the swoop. That was my big thing to catch the balls. But my swoop also had a secondary component, which was kind of a fan of blades. I didn't use it very often. It was more of an emergency tactic, just in case. Edge must have thought this was important. So, as I was rolling with him, I spun, so my butt was facing his butt. I leaned back. It didn't matter which position you were facing. It was the positioning that your body leaned that would speed you up or slow you down. By me doing this, we were back to back. It meant nobody had access to our rear. Russia came up hard. They were small, nimble, fast. But I noted they also weren't very heavily armored. Hmm, I wonder what their weapons are. They sat and jumped on either track. We sat in the middle track. That was one of the things that had happened when the edge had flipped me. We were sitting on track three. One of Rush was on four, the other was on two. I noted they had clubs, a single club in either hand. One on the right, one on the left, and that's when it materialized, an energy chain between them. I said, shit, I tapped back, hit his hip. He leaned forward, sped him up. I leaned forward, slowed me down. But as I slowed, I went under the chain, brought my swoop up. I took out the Russian arm closest to me, which dropped their energy chain. I heard a sound, a buzzer, realized just by taking the one arm off of Russia, they were out the game. That was surprising. I thought Russia was going to be in longer. That's when I got hit. Something slammed me hard. I rolled forward, which also slowed me down. I jumped in the air, spun forward, saw China, Stumpy. Stumpy was engaging with me while his partner was going after Edge. This was something I had never seen before. Typically, partners tried to stay as close to each other as possible because any partner by themselves, the other teams could gang up on. I looked at Stumpy. The bleeding, which was very pronounced in the very beginning, had stopped. Hmm. Okay, let's do this. We battled. It was hand-to-hand. -hand. It was a little bit weird to visualize. So imagine, my legs are locked down into the track. My arms, they're free. Now Stumpy, as he's swinging at me with these elbows, I note the elbows look a little jagged, a little sharp. That's when it occurred to me. The arms, those were extended arms. They had extra joints on them. The elbows were blades covered by clothing. I knew if he were able to land a single elbow on me, it would be lights out for me you'd probably bleed me out quickly. I decided, fuck it, we're not playing for the ball anyway. I'm going to use the swoop for everything I've got. He came in. He swung at me. 
I blocked with the outer edge of my swoop, swung it around underneath me like a great fan, came up and went straight down the middle of him, hitting him on top of his head, slicing through his facial structure. I watched his eyes, horrified, pop out of his skull, his face split in half, and then a big torrent of blood shot forward and splashed me. As he fell to the side, I saw he was split, not quite enough for him to be in two pieces, but he was flayed right down the middle, and I had stopped mid-sternum on him. He was dead before he hit the ground. I sped up to catch up the edge. He was also battling the other from China. Even though uh, his partner had gone down, because they were so far from each other, it would take a half a second before it would register that the partner was out and he'd have his, uh, his boots would give out. They were right in the middle of swinging when suddenly China's boots disengaged. I can imagine a look of horror on his face as he realized, oh shit, and that's when Edge took part of his face off. Not all of it, just the front part of it, just the nose, part of the mouth, and China fell to the ground, buckled, rolled effort with effort to try to get off the track. Too late. Fiji came through, bashed him. I looked at that and wondered. That was very unsportsmanlike. It was obvious China was out the game. Fiji didn't give a shit. Fiji, for whatever reason, was holding a grudge. That was cheap. I caught back up the edge, jumped forward, he leaned, I went over him, he pushed, I did a forward somersault flip, landed right in front of him. Now we're back to a train position. So we weren't too thrilled with what, was, what had happened, but we were still going. We got forward, there was Europe, got up on him, on the one, and we kept fighting, we kept battling. Then it became apparent, Fiji was definitely in it to win it. I could see on the overhead scans what was happening. Fiji was mopping up all of the lesser contestants behind us. We decided, fuck it, we've got nothing to lose. So we took out the rest of Europe, we made sure Russia was taken out, and China was done too. That left just us and Fiji. Fiji had taken out Mexico and the other ones, and they came up next to us. They weren't going slow now. They had fury in their eyes. I saw the tattoos on their faces. I saw the scars. They smiled. I nodded at them. I screamed over. Good game, fuckers. You sure you want to take it to the edge? He smiled. Yeah, I do. He shot forward. His partner shot forward, too. Wait a minute. I realized they weren't going for elimination. They were going to score. Shit. I tapped Edge behind me, leaned forward. He held on to my hips. We sped up. They were moving really fast. I couldn't figure out how they were moving faster than us. We were all positioned the same. Then I watched and noted the lead. He didn't have a swoop. Oh, he didn't have air drag like I did. I motioned. My swoop fell. All right, let's do this, Edge. We got one chance at this. By this point, we had already done 17 laps around the track. They got to the ball. 
Fortunately for us, the ball had taken a very large shape. Okay, it's now or never. I looked at Edge. They're going to slow. He nodded. I put a hand gesture and another one. He shook his head. I did another hand gesture. He shook his head. The fuck, dude? I did another hand gesture. He nodded, tapped my backside. Okay. Fuck, you want to go with that one? Okay. This was going to be the move. But I didn't know why he wanted us to do the move. We didn't have the ball. We weren't near. Oh, but then I realized the hoop was coming up. We were going to come to the hoop the same time that Fiji was. Then I realized what his plan was. Holy shit. We got up. We reached the exact same time. I jumped. He pushed forward. I felt something metallic tap my hand as I did a front flip and realized he was handing me his sword. Ah, interesting. Everything moved in slow motion for me. I gripped the sword, spun forward. Fiji launched into the air. I swung, took the arms from him. The ball was still in motion. I was still flipping. I kicked the ball, hoping it would score. And as I landed, I took out Fiji primary. I mean, Fiji secondary, who had a shocked look of amazement on his face. He knows, he knew what an amazing maneuver it was. All I had to do was stick the landing. I came down, launched the sword into his skull, released it, landed, crouched, came up, breath held, and then I heard the buzz. I had scored with the kick, both of my opponents dead on the ground, Edge's blade sticking out of one of their heads. We went around the track in a victory pose, came back upon the bodies, Edge swooped forward, took his sword out of the head, spun it around in a maneuver, also style points, blood splattered everywhere. He sheathed it, arms raised in victory. We went another track around, and then we felt the vibration of the boots powering down. America now possessed Canada. We had won. Nobody was going to contest that. We sat there. We came into the thing. The lady came forward. My lord, that was amazing! She showed the replay. It did look really fucking good. She looked at me. She asked me, What are you going to do now, now that you guys have succeeded and beat all the competition and beat the, the spread and everything? You guys were the underdogs, but you came ahead like champs. What are you going to do? I think I'm going to go home and have myself a nice, healthy dose of some chocolate-covered salty balls. I chuckled, knowing that the replay would make my boyfriend laugh, and then I smiled. And I'm just proud that we were able to represent our country and do what we needed to do. And we will continue to do this, and we will be the absolute best of the best, bar none. Thank you. God bless America. And she smiled, and the crowd went fucking crazy, and everything was great. I noted the burning on my neck. Shit. I had been using 
some of the power of the relic. I looked at the replay. Sure enough, some of those jumps, some of those maneuvers, those I would not have been able to do otherwise. I had a cold feeling in my stomach. Realization struck me. There would be a heavy price to pay for all of the augmentation, all of the enhancements that the relic had done. I was scared. I was nervous. I looked over at Edge. You got this? I need to head home. He nodded. There was concern in his eyes. He saw the relic on my neck. He saw it glowing. He could smell it. He shook his head. I nodded. I know. I'll talk to you. I gotta go. The people tried to talk to me. I had none of it. I got outside. Didn't even bother to change my gear. Hurried home. Got back into my house. Looking for my man. It was deathly quiet. I was terrified. Even after everything that I had been through the whole entire night, nothing scared me more than opening the back door. I opened it and I saw him sitting. He was kneeling. I walked forward, put my hand on his shoulder. Hey, I won. He fell forward with a thud. I rolled him over, saw that his eyes were sunk in, dead. I knew. I understood. He had lied to me. He did touch it. He had handled the relic. He paid the price so that I could win. I kneeled and I cried. I won but at what cost. All right, that's it. That's the story. Done, done, done. Okay, so we got Underdog in there. The Sport of Rollerball was in there. Chocolate-covered Salty Balls was in there. Get her done. Gator dung. Uh, competing like Connie Conehead eating a foot-long sub. Killer Weed. Yuki the Great Pyrenees. Relics. Nathan's Hot Dog. Colt. God bless America. So that's it. We went a little bit, just a little bit longer. Uh, we went an hour and six minutes in, um, but that's okay. Uh, better to do a little bit longer and get a good solid story in than um, rush it too much. So that um, that was a hell of a story. Uh, and it ended up a little bit on the dark side, but I think it was appropriate because, uh, you know, he knew there was a lot on the line and he sacrificed for her. And so, you know, this kind of ended up being a kind of a fun little love story at the end there. All right. So that's it. Uh, I have no idea what I'm going to call this story yet. Um, but I'm going to figure out something and I'll get some artwork for it. And then I will put it up. And uh, that is the story uh, for today. So you'll be able to see the replay on this on realtimestorytime.com. Uh, you folks that are listening on a podcast, you're probably listening on Spotify or uh, iTunes or something else. Uh, there's a lot of different uh, places you can check out the podcast. Um, also, I want to remind everybody that one of the real-time story times that was actually turned into a full-up story was Harry's Situation. That is available. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Barnes & Noble. Uh, all the links for that stuff is all on the realtimestorytime.com. All of the links and stuff like that are below uh, here. Uh, we will do this again 
uh, next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Hope you guys enjoyed this. I love doing these uh, um, these types of stories. Uh, this one's a little bit difficult. I don't really do um, sports type things, and so trying to keep track of different pieces that were happening on there was a little bit difficult for me. So I might have had some continuity oopsies. Like at one point, I forgot which teams had been fucking taken out and who had gotten hurt and what what. So that's that's one of the, the hard parts of trying to do this kind of thing live. Um, but, you know, the gist of the story was there. So I'm pretty happy with that. Um, so anyway, uh, thank you guys very, very much for coming in. Again, thank you, Brian. Thank you, Vixen. Thank you, Paula. Thank you, Garen. Um, let's see. Thank you, Lira Lope. Uh, Brian Williams. Uh, let's see. Yak, of course. Um, uh, stalking wolf, etc. Uh, Backwoods Hickelope. Thank you guys very, very much for coming in and contributing. Uh, you know, can't do this without you guys. So I will see you guys next week. Again, thank you guys. Hope you guys have a great week. And then I will uh, talk to you later. And also, like Lyra says, if you like the stories, don't forget to share, like this video, etc. I'm really definitely trying to grow this. And so if you guys share this type of stuff uh, wide and far, uh, then we'll get some more people in here and we'll we'll keep growing this thing uh, the way I'd like to grow it. All right, guys, that's it for now. I will talk to you later.